Hey, welcome back to the Big Red Zone. We are very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Wednesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video as well as all our other videos. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Red Zone as well as TikTok at Big Red Zone. And tell a friend. Today, we're going to talk uh, NFL, NFL Thanksgiving week. We'll break down uh, Thanksgiving game and then the, a couple other games from this weekend. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, a big debate going on, the MLB Hall of Fame ballot. I know we got a, our own strong opinions about it, and then we're going to do a quick update around the MLB and uh, so much more. All that more on this week's episode of the Big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Big Red. As always, I'm joined by Danny Football. What's going on, Big Red? Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I was a little under the weather a couple weeks ago, uh, but we're back at it. We feel good. Uh, and coming off a great Thanksgiving week. Uh, any? Did you do anything special for uh, Thanksgiving? Just the usual stuff coming off of a uh, coming off a podcast by week, ready to get back into it. A podcast bye week. I like that. It was definitely our bye week. You know, spent some time with the family, and uh, it was a good one. It was a good week off. Uh, I can't think of a better way to kick off the post Thanksgiving show with talking about a Thanksgiving game itself. Um, uh, that's the best part of Thanksgiving, by the way, watching all the football games all day. I, I minus also the food. I guess the food is the best <laughs> part, but uh, getting to watch football all day is great. Uh, we're talking about the second game of the day, uh, Cowboys Raiders, uh, back and forth game. But you know what stood out to me was all the penalties. Penalties yeah, I think it were was 28, 29. It was close to 30. Me and my buddy were watching it. We were wondering if they were going to hit 30. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it was kind of, uh, some of them were warranted. Like can't, can't say 29 flags or whatever was thrown. You can't say like none of them were right. Right. Not warranted, but uh, there was a lot of tic-tac fouls in there. And that was just something that was like kind of sucked the air out of that game. Mm-hmm. Cause every time you turn around, there was a flag being thrown. Um, and I think that was like the, you know, I don't want to take away from too much from a great game. You know, the Raiders, you know, played great. I mean, Derek Carr's putting this team on his back. But uh, the flags were definitely a turnoff in this game for me because it just was like it sucked all the air. You know, there'd be a big play. Oh, no, flag holding. Mm-hmm. A flag, mm-hmm. uh, too much hand, a little too much handsy uh, from the corner. Like, let's give them about 50 yards. It's like it, it just it just was kind of uh, kind of sucked. Like I said, sucked the air out. Again, not some of them warranted, like flags you got to throw. But a lot, you know, I'm telling you right now, an NFL team does not Two NFL teams do not warrant 29 penalties. Like that, that was a little extreme. I agree. I mean, I mean, just watching the game, it was a long game and it was because of the penalties, but that was such it, a long it, game. It, it, it's, <laughs> I think it was four hours. Because what? It was the, was it the, it was the four o'clock game. It was the four o'clock game and the eight a.m., the eight o'clock game was able to kick off. So it was a four hour game. Dude, if this was a baseball game, I was telling my buddy, if this was a baseball game, people would have been ripping the MLB for having such a long game. But because it's football, it's okay. Um, Long game. I mean, the flag is definitely detracted. Every time a big play happened, it was more of a, all right, let's wait and see what happens here rather than an immediate uh, celebration. Um, I got to give the Raiders credit. They they hung in there. They've been through a lot of adversity the last two weeks between um, the rug situation and, you know, firing their head coach. Uh, good to see that they're still in it. Like you said, Carr is putting this team on his back. He's doing everything he can. A lot of guys are stepping up. Josh Jacobs had a big day. Um, and and, Renfro. and we Renfro talked, we day. talked about how the Cowboys, I mean, they, they were looking like the hottest team going and now they're kind of coming back to earth. So we're going to have to see how this kind of goes for these two teams. Maybe the Raiders are on the up and the Cowboys are on the down. We don't know. Yeah. And I, I want to say this with the Cowboys, like I, I feel like you can't put on Dak. I feel like Dak's having days, and it's like he's like what he put up. He put he put up some uh, pretty good stat line. I mean, not enough to win, you know what I mean? But uh, you score thirty three points in the game. It's like your defense has got to help you out. He threw 
375 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Like that's a pretty good stat line. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I think this team needs a lot more out of Zeke. 25 yards and a touchdown isn't going to yeah, cut Zeke, it through. Zeke had a quiet day, man. He had a quiet day. But he only had nine carries. I mean, that goes back I to I know. Mike that's what I'm saying. It's it like, seemed like Pollard was on the field most of the time. He, uh, he actually outcarried him 10 to 9. And, I mean, part of that is because the passing game was so strong. I mean, you have two receivers with over 100 yards uh, in Gallup and Wilson. But, I mean, the best player, I think, I mean, you can make an argument. I think their best player is Dak. But I mean, either the best player or the second best player on the team is Zeke, and you got to find a way to get both of those guys involved in your offense. Because I mean, twenty six, twenty five yards is not going to cut it. And I no. mean, the defense has got to show up a little bit too. I thirty six points to the Raiders, who I mean, you know, six and five, they're a five hundred team going into that game. I mean, you can't give up thirty six points to the, and especially Darren Waller leaves the game early. They don't have rugs, like we said. Like they're they're pretty banged up or missing a lot. Some people. I mean, that's a team. That's a team that you kind of gotta be able to defend or contain a little bit better than that. But uh, I, I Cowboys, I still have faith in the Raiders. Are going to be one of those teams that I think are in the hunt and they're going to be right there at the end. And I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but the AFC is so wide open. I, I think they got a shot going down the stretch. I mean, anything can happen. Yeah, we're going to see how this shakes out. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk about the Bucks colts game. This game was going on during the Pats game, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it. But I did get to see the end and kind of flipped him because I have Tom Brady playing on a lot of my fantasy teams. So I was keeping a, a close eye on this game. Uh, another close game. Uh, the uh, the Bucks, the Colts. The Colts choked this one away. Uh Trying to get a final score. I just added it and then I X'd out of it. Uh, Bucks win 38 to 31 on a late touchdown from Lenny. Uh, guy that we've talked about a lot on this podcast and in, in, in the history of this show. Uh, it looks like they're kind of forgetting about Ronald Jones and they're going all Leonard Fournette. He had a 100 yard day, three touchdowns on the day. I think he had a uh, yeah, he had four touchdowns on the day because he had a passing touchdown as well, uh, receiving touchdown as well on 17 carries. I mean, uh, for my, my initial thoughts from this game, I mean, the Colts choked this one away. They had a pretty commanding lead, and then they turned the ball over so much. Uh, but are you concerned at all about Tom Brady and his performance that he's had? I think I think the Bucks are definitely just starting to show some cracks in the armor. Um, they're not looking like the world beaters that they were last season, uh, or even earlier in the season when they were kind of handling the Cowboys and everything like that. But we saw the Pats go toe to toe with them. The Colts just went toe to toe with them. I know they're winning these games, but they're not winning them by much. They're barely winning them, and I think that might come back to haunt you when it's a playoff football game and you know it's a little tighter. Flags aren't getting thrown as much. Teams are a little more buttoned up with, you know, turnovers and costly, um, costly plays. And we saw it in, in this game, you know, the Colts dominated most of the game. They let them back in with some turnovers. And even at the end, you know, Jonathan Taylor punches it in to tie the game. You give Tom Brady too much time for just a field goal. And he, despite, you know, Fournette getting his fourth touchdown, punches it in, gets an extra seven Colts nearly run it back. And they had a shot to tie that game at the end. So Unbelievable play by I don't know if it was a punter or the or just some guy on special teams, but he just got enough of that kid with the uh, the uh, the kickoff returner. Just got enough of the leg to get him down. I thought that was gone. I yeah, thought he I, broke. I that thought out. he was I gone he from the jump. Out. I thought he was gone. So it it remains to be seen if you know if the Bucks are going to be able to return to form or if they're going to continue to struggle. If they continue to struggle, it's going to be a rough couple of weeks and a rough postseason for them. Yeah, it's uh, the I'm not as scared of the Bucks as I uh, you know as once at at one time people like this was a guaranteed loss, and I mean they got a tough little stretch down the end. Um, hopefully they give us some help and they beat the Bills uh, in two weeks. Um, the Saints always seem to play them tough. I mean, the, Tom Brady's played them three times in the regular season. The last two years he's lost all three. Uh, Bucks are home, but that's still going to be a tough game. Panthers, who knows what team you're going to get. Right. Uh, they played them twice. And then the Jets, I mean, they're going to, 
in the Falcons. They're going to beat up on those two teams. But uh, Bills and Saints, I mean, those are two games that, you know, you got to kind of have at the Tampa Bay. And it remains to be seen because, you know, they've, they've shown some uh, – They've shown some mortality in the last few weeks and since the bye, actually. And, I mean, I need a little bit more out of Tom Brady when I'm going down a playoff stretch in uh, fantasy football. So I'm hoping that uh, – I'm hoping he can pull a couple uh, – pull some vintage Tom out. Gronk had a big day, too. I just – before we move on, Gronk, Gronk had a big day on my bench. Uh, seven receptions, uh, 123 yards, no touchdown, but 123 yards. That's a pretty – it's a vintage Gronk day. Yeah, I saw that vintage uh, Gronk tweet. Um, but moving on to the hottest team in the NFL, the Patriots versus the Titans. And, I, you know, a couple weeks ago we talked, and we were kind of looking ahead because uh, we didn't know about the bye week. It was a late bye week. We didn't know it was coming. Uh, but we kind of talked about this game. You had to beat a good team. And, I mean, the Titans say we want. They're banged up. You know, they're missing Julio Jones. They're missing A.J. Brown. They're missing, um, what's his name? Derrick Henry. But say what you want. This is this was the team that had the best record in the AFC. And we can only play against the people who are on the field. And if their guys aren't staying healthy, then. Right. So be and, it. And they looked great. They beat a good team. And this is what we talked about. We want to see the, the Patriots can beat the bad teams. But can they beat a good team? And they beat a very good team. So I was very happy with this win. It was a dominating win. It wasn't wasn't really close. Uh, the only concern that I have from this game mm-hmm. is the run defense, yeah, which was something I, that I, I wasn't concerned with going into this game. I was seeing a lot of tweets, and I think Jack tweeted out too. If if Derrick Henry was active for this game, he oh. would he would have broken the single three hundred yards. He would have got <laughs> he would have broken the single game rushing record by far. He would have dominated 100%. this game, hundred percent. Uh, if they're I, if they're third, you know, if they're third string running backs are breaking off sixty eight yard touchdown runs, I can only imagine what Derrick Henry was going to do. Exactly, and I mean Hillard had one hundred thirty one yards. Most of that was like the what was it a seventy yard touchdown, yeah. sixty eight yard touchdown. So most of that was that, but I mean that can't happen at the end of a game. I mean if you're playing against the Bucks and you let Leonard Fournette score sixty eight yard touchdown, that's not looking good in the in the playoffs or you know whoever you're playing. Uh, you can't give up a hundred yards, 200, 200, over 200 yards to two running backs on, on the opposing team. That, that can't happen. Uh, that was, that was bad. I mean, the secondary did great. They held Ryan Tannehill to under a buck. Uh, yeah. Under a hundred. Yeah, he had a bad had day. Tannehill had a bad day. He had a terrible day. And I mean, part of that is, you know, how good the running game was. I mean, they right. didn't really need to lean on him. They leaned on the running game. Um, but that that's uh that's my one concern really is the is the run defense and I mean they got they only gave up points in the second quarter Third, all thirteen points from Tennessee came in the second quarter, uh but and Mac Jones looked great I mean we can say it again Nick Folk, the the god a god of the <laughs> leg whatever I mean uh Steven Gaskowski got a front row seat not a front row seat what happened to Steven Gaskowski huh building to hook him up. He's a man of the people, dude. He just wanted to be uh wanted to be part of the part of the crowd. That's almost as bad as um what's his name's family? Uh you know, was it Mike White's uh family that oh, got yeah, the last up the, row? Up in the nosebleeds, yeah. I yeah, saw they, that. they gave a Patriots legend, they gave him seats in the middle of the uh stands. Yeah, Drew, Drew Bloodsoe is up in the owner's box sipping wine while uh Steven Gostowski's down with the people. It, yeah. it could have been by choice. Could have so. been by choice, who knows? Uh but I mean Nick Folk, what a day from him and huge he's gonna day. be a huge day. He's a big piece of this team, and I think that's gonna be huge going down the stretch because we do have we tend to have a problem in the red zone scoring finishing with touchdowns. So we need Steven we need uh, Steven Gaskowski. We need uh Nick Folk to be automatic, and I think that helps Mac Jones take a little pressure off. But um another the other concern I have is I'd like to see the running game get a little bit back to when it was uh stevenson at 46 and harris had the 40 and a touchdown but i i kind of like to see the uh running game kind of take off a little bit but i mean when mac jones is slinging it 310 yards two touchdowns what else do you want yeah mac was having a day and it would have been even better if he didn't float that one to uh henry a little too far oh uh, so. yeah he that there, was the only bad miss yeah, i there, think there were a couple there were a couple missed 
throws um, on both sides. That one with Mac, and then Tannehill missed an easy one too. But Mac was hitting his, you know, I think it's eighty-five percent. He's he's shoot, he's uh, throwing at eighty-five percent right now. Um, he's clean, concise. He's not taking too many risks. He's not turning the ball over. He's not throwing, you know, errant picks. He's not giving up pick sixes. He's not fumbling anymore. So he's starting to clean it up. They're starting to open up the playbook for him. Uh, a lot more passing. He's starting to, him and Bourne are really get, coming together. So we're just going to say that we, we've been, we've been saying it almost every week. It seems like they're letting, you know, Mac have a little bit more leash, a little more leash. So we're coming down the stretch. You have those two Buffalo games. I would like to see him, you know, just completely take over and he's getting his 300 game. Now we just need that 400 game next 500 game next. And then <laughs> starts putting up those touchdowns. We'll be good to go. Yeah. I, the thing that's very, I'm very happy to see is, you know, he, he seemed to have a connection right away with Jacoby Myers. He's that Kendrick Bourne connection is really coming along. And that was an absolute dime to Kendrick Bourne. The first touchdown that first in the back of the end zone, that was an absolute dime. And then Kendrick Bourne was just making things happen. Uh, walking the tightrope along the sideline, getting that t- other touchdown was huge. Uh, I- I'm, I'm happy with what I see from this team. Even Juano Smith was getting in on the action uh, yeah, versus they, old they team. Did that, they they uh, did the tight end sweep. That was crazy. Uh, so I'm happy with what I see. The, those little, those other little things that I think there's definitely some improvements that we can work on. Uh, but man, I'm excited for this team to see what it's going to do in uh, December and January, and then hopefully make a long playoff run. I think they're built for it. I think they're starting to trend in the right direction. It's looking, it's a lot like the Bucks last year. The defense is starting to step up. I think we're going to be good to go. I like that analogy. That's exactly what's happening. The defense is starting to come together. The offense, everything's starting to click in the coming in the down the stretch. So that's great. Uh, I can't imagine how mad the rest of the NFL is that they let Mac Jones slip to fifteen. How mad do you think they are? That was that was an idiot. Niners going to have him. I, sh- I, man, I, I really think the Jets wish they had him now because Zach Wilson looks like that absolute dog shit, but that's just got to win. Got to win the other day. Did you see that shovel pass off his <laughs> teammates back for the interception? Oh my God. He is bad, dude. That's, they, they made the wrong decision. I don't know how Zach, I, I mean, we, we don't want, I don't want to get into it again, but I don't know how Zach Wilson was the guy that they all of a sudden was the, Number two pick. I, whatever, I really don't whatever get whatever his agent was able to do. God bless him because he got him. Give him his bonus because he deserves the money. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to our next segment of the night, the picks of the week. Picks of the week. So for picks of the week, we're gonna go. Uh, we pick. One game from the NFL season, uh, NFL weeks, not a season. Uh, I'm going to ride the heater. Then this is the closest one that I've had. Ride the heater. I'm going, I'm riding it. Pats over bills, baby. We're going to go shock the world on Monday night football. We're going into the uh, bills mafia and we're going to come out with a W Pats over bills. I think I'm going to go with. That's the first time I've been nervous about taking the Pats. The last few weeks, I felt pretty confident, but that that one I'm a little nervous. I was gonna go. I was gonna go Chiefs over Broncos, but I'm kind of having second thoughts. You're riding uh, the Chiefs. Chiefs I, hand. I might stay off the Chiefs. I don't know. I'll go. Um, I'm gonna go Bengals over Chargers. Make it a little more interesting. Uh, I like it. I, I was looking at that game too. I'm going to go with Joey Smokes over Justin Herbert. I got to be honest with you. When I was looking at that game, I was looking the other way around. I almost picked the Chargers. But I, I feel like I have to pick the Pats. I've just been too hot. Too the, hot. I've been riding the hot end. I got to I gotta ride it. Uh, so for waiver pickup of the week, um, I'm going with a the Colt man himself, Jack Doyle. He's rostered in 1% of leagues. He had six catches on seven targets, 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, and if you're in trouble with tight ends, which I am a little bit with Darren Waller being injured and I don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, I'm looking, I'm definitely giving a look towards Jack Doyle. Uh, if you didn't listen to uh, Danny football a couple of weeks ago, 
go with Cole Komet. Um, and he's gone. Danny football. That was a great, that was a great one. Uh, if you didn't listen to him and he's gone, I'd look Jack Doyle's way. Cause I'm sure he is available. I want to harp on it again, man. Kendrick Bourne. He's he's rostered in 15% now. He had, when will they listen? No one's when listening. Will they he listen? put, he's let me just run week three. He had a 21 week four. He had a 10 week, six, 14, seven, 15 week, 10, 24. This week was a 23. He's a sleeper, man. If you need depth, if you need, you know, a plug in flex, Kendrick Bourne's the guy. And especially now, because it looks like him and Mac are starting to click. I mean, I mean, both of us have picked Kendrick Bourne like three times as waiver pick of the week. When will you, they not learn? I, don't, I mean, I don't this know. is absolutely crazy. I'd pick him up. I'd even start him. I'd put him in on his flex. I mean, he's getting 20 points a game. Um, great waiver pickup. Great waiver pickup. All right. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk into a hot, hot button topic here, Danny Football. Hall of Fame ballot. MLB Hall of Fame. I am, I've been very outspoken about this. If you've listened, go listen to some of our uh, former uh, podcasts if you would like. Uh, but I, there's a couple people on here, this list that I can't believe people won't get over themselves and put them in the hall of fame. And it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. I think we've talked off air, but I think, I don't know if we've ever talked about it. You and I on the podcast, Danny football about this. Um, but I got the ballot right here. We're going to fill out our own ballot. And I think we'll, I, I don't know. I think we'll line up pretty, pretty closely. I'm just going to go through the names. We'll give a yes or no. And if there's any ones that we want to debate, we'll debate them at the end. Okay. Right. Bobby Abreu. No, no, no. I, I'm a no, but that's a close. No. I, I understand if someone voted for, I, I it, no, no, wait. Am I thinking of someone? I'm thinking Bobby of someone else. Never, no. never mind. Never mind. He's not Bobby getting, in. He's not getting no. in off of one goddamn home run derby. Never mind. I, I, I'm th- I mix him up with someone else. Never mind. That's not who I had as a uh, close one. Never mind. Bobby Abreu, I have as a no. This ballot I'm looking at, whoever this baseball writer voted for Bobby Abreu, I, that I don't get. Barry Bonds. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mark Bruchel. Mark Burley. Burley. Yeah. No. No, for me. Clemens. Yep. Yep. Carl Crawford. No. No. Prince Fielder. No. I have him as a no. Todd Helton. Yes. I am as a yes, too. I think there's other people on this list that deserve to be in over Todd, but I think he definitely deserves the nod to get into the Hall of Fame. Ryan Howard. Nope. Nope. I'm a no, too. Tim Hudson. No. No. That's not close. Torrey Hunter. Nope. No. Love the player, but nope. Andrew Jones. Uh, he's a maybe for me. I didn't see enough of him. He's, I didn't that see, that's the thing with me. Everyone's saying, put him in. I I really didn't think so, but everyone's saying, put him in. So maybe I missed something. So he's like on the bottom half of my 10 to vote for, uh, Jeff Kent. No, I'm a no for Jeff Kent, but Jeff Kent was pretty close. If you're, if we're talking, some of these guys are getting votes. He's definitely close. Cause he, if you look at a couple of his years, he was pretty dominant. Uh, Tim Lincecum. No. No, I'm a no too. I'm a no on Jeff Kent, by the way, just to be clear. Uh, Justin Morneau. No. Love the player. No, I have him <laughs> as an, I, I really love Justin Morneau. I had him uh, like at a bunch of like uh, video games and stuff like that, but I, I, he's definitely not. Joe Nathan. No. No for me too. David Ortiz. Yes. I'm a yes. Strong yes. Uh, Papelbon. No. I'm a no too. PV. No. No. Pettit. Yes. I'm a yes on Pettit as well. AJ Brzezinski. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not for me as well. Manny Ramirez. Yep. I'm a yes for Manny. A-Rod. Yep. I'm a yes for A-Rod as well. Scott Rowland. No. I'm a no too, but he's another guy that everyone wants to put into the Hall of Fame, which is, I I don't, I don't get it. I'm not a Scott Rowland guy. I'm not a Scott Rowland guy either. Jimmy Rollins. No. I'm a no too. Kurt Schilling. Yes. I'm a yes on Kurt. Gary Shetfield. No. See, he's the guy I mixed up. He's a very close one. I probably would say no, but he's right there. Like he he was really good on the during his stretch with the Yankees, man. And he also iconic bat swing. Just iconic, iconic. Everyone did the Gary Shetfield and Wiffle Ball. Um, Sammy Sosa. Yep. 
I'm I'm close on Sosa, but I, I think if you're gonna go with the other guys, I think you got to kind of put him in because that couple of years he was pretty dominant. Uh, Teixeira, no. Um, no as well. Omar Vizquel, no, no, and uh, Billy Wagner, no, no. So the guys that are like a big controversy are some of the guys that we just agreed with right away. Barry Bonds. Uh, my argument to everyone that says Barry Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because of, you know, steroid use. My, how I judge this is, can you tell the game of baseball without this player? And you cannot tell the game of baseball without Barry Bonds. He has the most home runs. Uh, I went through the stats before. I'm not going to go through them again. His, his war numbers are unbelievable. If you're a war guy, just his numbers are unbelievable. Being walked with the bases loaded. Like he's just an unbelievable. He was a dominant player. And I, I just, I, you need to get over yourself with the steroid there. Cause there's a lot of other players that were real dirt bags that are in the hall of fame and they're using this. Um, what's it called? The clause. Um, I forget what it's called. But like be like the, Oh, what's it called? It's like, so they're not like jerks pretty much. If they, if they did something wrong. Character clause. Oh, okay. They're going to wave the character clause in our face, but yet there's absolute scumbags that were arrested, did different stuff that are in the hall of fame. I won't get into, there's a lot of, a lot of people like that. And the fact that we're holding people like Barry Bonds, who has the most home runs. I mean, Kurt Schilling, like say what you want about him. You know, it's purely based on his politics, which I'm not going to say I agree with his politics, but that shouldn't affect how we played the game of baseball. And that's, and the other bad thing is, is you're judging him after he, his career was over. It's out of spite. It's not because of his resume. Right. And like I said, like you said, I don't necessarily agree with Kurt Schilling. I, I think he's kind of a, a loon, but there's no denying how dominant he was. And he was in the playoffs. He was a dominant pitcher. And I, I, I get, I, I don't think they should have, I understand why, but I don't agree with that. I, I understand why people aren't putting him in the hall, but I think it's his 10th vote. Just put the guy in for the love of God. Like the kid, look back at the history books and see how good he was. He has an iconic moment. One of the most iconic moments in MLB playoff history with the uh, bloody sock. Like, and he was, he was just so good. And I, I just think it's time to give him the nod and put him in. And it's just ridiculous. And especially when you're going to put the steroid thing, if you're putting a rod in, which I guarantee people are, cause he, you know, has gone on to do TV and everyone now likes He's A-Rod. the only one that actually served a suspension for steroids. Right. And the other thing is about that. I think like if you served your time, like what nothing in the, I, saw, I heard this argument and it's a hundred percent right. Like A-Rod, the one thing I, I shouldn't give him, I'm not give him credit, but the one thing about A-Rod is he served his time. He did it. There's no need to add on. Like, I don't get why people are adding on. Like, nothing in the, like, when he got the punishment, it wasn't like you have this X amount of games suspended and you can't make it in the Hall of Fame, right, for his steroids. He paid his time. I think he's, I think we forget it and move on. And I, there's no denying how good he was when he played. Manny Ramirez, same thing. He's been so, he was so good. He's one of the best hitters of all time. Uh, David Ortiz, one of the most clutch, he I don't know if I want to say revolutionized, but he was, you know, when you thought of a DH, David Ortiz is who I think of when I think of a DH. So, and, you know, you, you go down the line with Barry Bonds. It's like in Roger Clemens, who Clemens, I mean. I mean Clemens was arguably the best pitcher of the 21st century. Literally, dude. Like he was so, so good. And Clemens and Bonds, I believe, I could be wrong, never failed a drug test. Am I correct on that? Who? Clemens and Bonds. They it's pretty obvious they did, but not to be to fair. Knowledge. To I be no fair, idea. I don't think they ever failed a drug test. No clue. So I have no idea. I listeners, you can you if I'm wrong, you can tell me that. But I'm pretty sure those two guys never failed the drug test. Did Barry Bonds take steroids? I'm pretty sure he took steroids. That guy was had a was massive, but you want to go by the rules 
never failed the drug test. So why are we holding this against them? I, I just think it's time to move on. There's people that are in the Hall of Fame that took steroids. That they were in a time when steroids just became illegal. I, I just think like the fact that Roger Clemens, who is one of the best pitchers, like you said, pro- arguably one of the best pitchers in the 21st century. Barry Bonds is one of the arguably the greatest hitters of the 21st century. David Ortiz, A-Rod, and Kurt Schilling. I feel like those guys should be no-brainers making it into the Hall of Fame. And it's amazing because I guarantee probably the only two people that I think will make it out of Schilling, A-Rod, Manny, David Ortiz, Roger, and Bonds, I think it's only going to be Ortiz and A-Rod. And A-Rod's close. It's amazing to me. I think based on what I've seen, a lot of the votes are just going to kind of be spread around to people who aren't as deserving just out of spite. So I think... Like Todd, Hel- I think Todd Helton has a good chance just because people are going to vote for him. Oh yeah, rather than I think using so the too. vote on someone who deserves it. Um, like I mean, Bobby Abreu is going to get votes. He doesn't really deserve it. Jeff Ken, he's borderline. He's going to get a lot of votes. Ryan Howard is probably going to get a couple of votes, and he's on a first. That's ballot. ridiculous. He's on, first ballot hall- he's on a first ballot hall of famer by any stretch of the means. So a lot of these guys are going to get votes. Like Prince Fielder is probably going to get a vote just because people don't want to vote in Barry Bonds or Manny or Sammy Sosa or any of those other guys. So it's going to be a sham of a Hall of Fame season, I feel like. There's nothing – I have nothing against Tim Lincecum. I really liked watching him play. But if you're voting for Tim Lincecum over Kurt Schilling, you have a problem. You don't, you don't deserve your vote. And, I mean, I saw a couple votes where they didn't – this one – who was the guy that – the first ballot that got released – he didn't vote for Schilling, didn't vote for David Ortiz, didn't vote for Bonds, didn't vote for A-Rod, didn't, like, he didn't vote for any of the guys that were very, like, some of the greatest players of the generation, Clemens, and, like, what are we doing? If you don't, if you don't vote fairly, you don't deserve to vote for the Hall of Fame. Part That's of the problem is that the BBWA writers almost, like, relish releasing their ballots because it just makes, it means more clicks for them, so... I hate that they vote in the first place, but the fact that they almost relish the thought of putting out these obscene ballots just because they know it's going to be good for their own business is disgusting. The one I'm looking at now is who, whose ballot is this? Cause I looked it up on my Sadie LeBron. I don't know. Who that is. Um, I don't know who this is. Sadel LeBron. They have, they voted for Bobby Abreu. Clemens, Todd Helton, David Ortiz, Andy Pettit, which is interesting because Andy Pettit was part of the steroid. Uh, he was part of the guy that went to Congress, I think. Andrew Jones, Manny, Scott Rowland, Kurt Schilling, Sammy Sosa. So not terrible, but yeah, I but don't... You, you also can't have some without the others. You can't vote in Sammy Sosa without voting for Barry Bonds. Like, right. that's pretty ridiculous. You can't... I mean, I like how they're voting. I don't get how they don't vote A-Rod. If you're voting Sammy Sosa, I don't get how you're not voting A-Rod. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's... I mean, a lot of these guys, Clemens, even a little Ortiz, because he was on that. I don't think he, you know, say what you want, but he was on He was on that list. Uh, I, I don't get how you're voting for Sammy Sosa over those co- other guys. You know what I mean? I, I feel like Sammy Sosa was kind of the bottom of that you know, Barry Bonds. I think I put Barry Bonds in over Sammy Sosa. I think they both deserve to be in, but I think, you know, obviously Bonds is above that. I think A-Rod's above that. You know, I, I just don't, you're right. You can't have, you can't have it one way. No, and not have it another like that. That doesn't make sense. So uh, do you know where the vote is? When or where? Yeah. Or what? When the final, when the final uh, I ballot is. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to be just as ticked off. I, I will, we'll figure it out later, but I'm sure I'll be just as ticked off when the ballot gets read. Uh, because I know I, I, I can already see Kurt Schilling's not going to make it and he deserves it. Barry Bonds is this Barry's 10th time. Uh, it's not his last one. I know that. Um, this is definitely Kurt Schilling's last one, but you know, Barry Bonds isn't, uh, you know, probably going to get in. I don't. I bet Roger Clemens isn't going to get in. 
I bet A-Rod's a- going to be close. David's going to be close. I bet Manny won't get it. It's just, it's just a sham. And it's a shame because those guys definitely deserve it. I, I like, I, I, I don't have, you don't ask necessarily have to like the person or like agree with what they say, but there's no denying what those guys, those guys did on the field when they played. And like I said, I don't get, like we talked about with Zach Wilson. I don't get what happened from the last time they, they played an inning to the time that they're now that's changed. I, I, I just don't get it. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting so ticked off thinking about it because these guys are going to miss their chance at the hall of fame. And it's because guys with, you know, <laughs> that didn't play the game, get a vote. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Um, anyway, let's move on to uh, our quick update around the uh, a bunch of different sports. Looking at the Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox make some moves. They sign uh, Waka. Mike Waka. How do we feel about the signing, Danny Football? I like the signing. Uh, a lot of people were putting his stats next to uh, Martin Perez's. I hope he isn't that much of a, you know, roller coaster, whereas Martin Perez was, you know, serviceable some days and a complete disaster others. Um, hopefully, Michael Walker is a little bit more consistent. He adds depth to the rotation. Like we always say, we have those young guys like Siebold, Houck, and Pavetta that we can always plug in. Um, so it's good to add another guy. He's, a, he's, he's like a Martin Perez. He can eat innings if he's good, um, but he'll be a disaster if he's bad. But he'll be able to, you know, give you innings. He's a consistent guy. He'll hold it down. So it was a good depth piece. I like it too. I, I think exactly what you said. It's a veteran guy that we can bring in here. Uh, another guy that you know that you can throw out there as a starter. And, you know, it kind of gives you more time on guys like Connor Siebold if you don't want to start their clock. And um, like you said, it gives you depth. Uh, the Sox are also in talks with uh, re-signing uh, Robles and Kyle. Uh, actually the Sox are the number one, uh, or just, I read a tweet today just before we started They're the number one, uh, expected option for Kyle to come, uh, that would, that to come would be back. Big. We need, we need him back. That would be a great signing. Uh, and Robles, that would be a great, uh, bullpen arm. Keep the bullpen, play. keep the bullpen together. Yep. I like it. Uh, around the rest of the league, uh, Texas Rangers are just throwing dumping money, money, dumping money. They are throwing money around willy-nilly. They uh, signed uh, Seeger, John Gray, and uh, Marcus Simeon all within a 24-hour period. And just, like you said, dumping money at them. Like big long-term deals, which is absolutely nuts. But who knows? The Rangers are, you know, they've been a dumpster fire the last couple of years. They're like, hey, let's go sign three of the best free agents. Uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. Mariners also make a splash, signing the AL reigning AL Cy Young winner Robbie Ray. He was from the uh, he was with the Blue Jays, and Max Scherzer signs a huge deal with the Mets. Uh, do you have any general reactions from the big signings around the? Yeah, uh, I mean the signings were coming fast and furious today. Scherzer to the Mets, three year deal. He's going to be forty when that deal is up, so it's looking like he's going to retire there. Um, I was obviously, you know, comparing numbers, seeing if yeah, it's something the Red Sox could have possibly done. You know, he's getting about 47, 48 a year. I don't know if the Reds, it's not in really high in Bloom's wheelhouse to dish out that much money to a 37 year old. So it made sense that the Red Sox really weren't in on him. Robbie Ray was goes, fine with passing. Yeah. Okay. Robbie Ray goes to the Mariners, big money again, not, not, it's just not Heim's MO. Um, and then the Rangers, I mean, Jesus Christ, 10-year deal with Corey <laughs> Seager. Marcus Simeon's getting a boatload of money. So, it, and I'll say it again, Bloom doesn't spend big money. So, when the Rangers are calling, telling the Corey Seagers of the world, we'll give you 10 years and all this money, he's going to go there. So, is it disappointing that the Red Sox aren't getting every single free agent? Yes, but at the same time, we know what Heim does. So, I'm not going to start freaking out that we're not loading up. Yeah, as much as I love Max Scherzer, and I, I did say I want the Sox to go after him, uh, for that price, I definitely didn't want him. Yeah. Was, and especially he's going to be 40 years old, 40 years old, making 40-something million bucks. Yeah, three three years is a big ask for him. And, you know, there's there's other 
other guys around the league. I mean, Robbie Ray was a guy that I said I liked, but you know, when you win the Cy Young, you deserve a little extra coin. So the Mariners mm-hmm. are going to give that to him. Um, we missed out on uh, what's his name, uh, Noah uh, Thor, Sidigard, but you weren't going to pay him that money. That was I wasn't I'm not, pay, money. I'm not paying that guy who's p- pitched two innings in two years, no chance. And then there's uh, I think Verlander signed with uh, did he officially sign with the Astros? I believe so. And so, like, and I, I don't know what his contract was, but usually if a guy's going to re signs with a team that he's already been with, you know, he kind of already was leaning that way. So none of the big pitching free agents that have signed, I'm like, I'm not, I don't hate that we didn't go after them because they're going for ridiculous boatloads of money that I, I wouldn't want to spend for them uh, in the years wise, at least. Because like, you know, yeah, sure. You give shares of $40 million this year, but I'd rather, you know, if it's a one-year deal, maybe I'd take it and eat it and you hope for the best. But three years, you're paying this guy forty million bucks at forty years old. I'm, I'm, I'm all set. I'll pass. And like you said, Heinblum, he he works with short deals, low money. Uh, he likes the flexibility, so uh, I wasn't surprised at all that we didn't sign any of those guys. And you know, look at the guys that we are probably looking. They're talking about signing. You know, Kyle probably is going to be a three-year, two, three-year deal. He's I forget how old he is, but short money. And Hunter Robles, uh, is it Hunter? Heck, Robles, whatever his first name is, he's gonna get probably a couple, like a couple year deal. So I don't hate it. It is what it is. Um, but I would like to see them at least make a re-signing, or let see Heim, you know, pull the trigger on Kyle, or you know what I mean. Like I'd like to see them close out a couple of these deals, or maybe I mean. They added Walker, which is great, but I'd like to see them kind of on a bigger free agent name kind of pull the trigger on that. And when I say bigger free agent, I'm talking, you know, Kyle Schwarber. I'm fine with them just reciting him, and then we're, you know, I feel a little better. Uh, quick Celtics talk. Uh, they're kind of doing what we expected, which I was kind of surprised going through the schedule. I think they pretty much lined up with what I said. They're five and three in the last couple of weeks. Uh you know, I think it's 500, to, like, you know, they keep going. I think they're going to be 500 when we, whenever we said, I forget what we said. Uh, at Christmas. At Christmas. I had them going 16 and 16 at Christmas. We're five and three. I think it's pretty still on point. I think, you know, you're, you're, you have a good chance to be right too with that being 19 and 13, but um, yeah, I, I, it's pretty uh it's 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 amazing that they can go one game just look like a uh NBA championship caliber team and then the next night they look like uh yeah dog crap. They had the three win got three wins in a row, Lakers, Thunder, Rockets, then the Nets pretty much handle them, bad loss to the Spurs, and then they beat up on the Raptors. So you know, beating right. beating teams that you should, but you know, it would be nice if we could beat the Nets or, you know, take care of the Spurs who were on a six game losing streak at the time. It's something about the Spurs, man. I told you that they're going to lose to the Spurs because I, I don't know what it is. Even when the Spurs are awful, we just somehow find a way to give them the game. And it's, it's, we just play terrible against them. I, I, I don't know if it's coaching with pop or what, but it, it's amazing. And you're right. It's, it's, it's crazy that we can go win three games and look dominant. And then, you know, you come in against, I mean, the Nets are good, but I mean, that's going to be a team you got to beat if you want to be a, be in the finals so uh, not much changed with them uh, it's looking like a 500 team and we'll see where they're uh, see where they're at uh, this is Danny football's favorite segment of the show it says revs UMass Lola <laughs> what do you got for us Danny football what so do you got, got for the revs we got the revs playing tomorrow night so they'll have already played by the time this comes out they, they're playing New York City FC trip to the conference finals on the line. Hopefully they won it. I'm assuming they did because they're the better team in the, um, not even the conference. They're, they're the best team in the league. Top to bottom, more talented, better team. They should roll. I'm assuming they're going to come out maybe 2-0 win, 3-0 win. So I'm assuming they're going to roll against New York. Then they, um, they're they going to line up against, I believe it's Philadelphia. 
So hopefully we're looking forward to a New England-Philadelphia conference final. I hope you're right. And UMass Lowell, any update with UMass Lowell? UMass Lowell, we're standing at a 8-2-2 two two record. We went three – nope, sorry. We went 2-1 and one over the weekend, split with UConn, beat Maine, and uh, I'll be back at the Songus on Friday to watch them take on UMass. Oh, UMass. A little interstate rivalry. We'll be ready for them. I like it. Uh, go UMass Lowell. I've, I've been adopted. I've been adopted into their, uh, <laughs> into the, the River Hawks family. So go UMass Lowell. Uh, let's move on to our last segment of the night, the People's Topic. It's the People's Topic, baby. People's Topic. All right. So for People's Topic, you can write on our Instagram and Twitter page at Big Red Zone. Leave us a comment, what you want us to talk about. A lot of people's topics today. Um, all right. This one comes from D Leonard underscore 50. He says, Mac Jones, first 12 game stats versus Tom Brady's first 12 game stats. The eyes emoji question mark. I mean, it lines up pretty, pretty, you know, it lines up, lines up pretty solid uh, against each other. I, I saw the graphic on the game, but I, f- I forget what it was. Um, I mean, we've been saying this for months. Uh, this looks like the original, not Tom Brady that Tom, is the GOAT Tom Brady, but it looked like that Mac Jones looks like Tom Brady in his first starting year, um, which is great for us. We just got to hope it continues and ends up being the uh, same result, same end result. Yeah, I mean, if he if he's able to score a Super Bowl championship in his first season, that's a pretty good comp. But it remains to be seen. They're on a good winning streak now. You know, you got to be able to close out the season, try to get that number one seed, whether it's by running running over the Bills and taking the division, or I mean, the rest of the AFC seems to be kind of falling off a cliff. So get that number one seed, get your home advantage, get the bye, see what we can do in the postseason. Then if if he can secure secure a Super Bowl, that's huge for his resume. All right, a lot of Patriots ones today. A lot of Mac Jones. Uh, Luke underscore, uh, this is your buddy? Yeah. How do you say his last name? I don't even know how to say his last Kadia. name. Kadia, sorry. He said, has Mac solidified rookie of the year? I think it's too early to say this, but I, I, think, he I, think, he's, I think he's the I rookie he of the has. year. I mean, looking at it, the only guys that you can come close to are Chase and... Maybe I think if the season Najee Harris, but I think if the season ended today, he's the rookie of the year. So if he hundred percent, he has so many weeks left to keep padding it that I think it's going to be him. Yeah, I think if the season ended today, I think it's Mac, but he's got to keep it going. I think it's it's, I think he's got to continue to pad it on. You know, if he just stops now, I don't really, you know. Well, yeah, no, uh, he has to keep going, but I I think given what we've seen so far, it's only going to get better. So I think it's yeah, it's his rookie of the year to lose. And we both, uh, Luke, go back to our last episode or a couple episodes ago. We talked about our pre uh, mid season awards. I think we both said Mac Jones is our uh, rookie of the year. Uh, Patriots fanatic, Patriots underscore fanatic 81. He said Mac attack, Mac Jones fans, people, Mac Jones. Uh, let's do Steven one. Oh, three, oh, six. How far does the New England Patriots go this year? Super Bowl bound, baby. Uh, Pat's Bucks in the Super Bowl. Big Red called it preseason. I'm sticking with it. They're going to the Super Bowl. Javid. Uh, I mean, I, you, I didn't pick them for the Super Bowl. So realistically, realistically, I think, I think AFC, I think AFC championship is definitely the floor. If they can get to that Super Bowl, great. But I think th- Expectations should definitely be AFC championship. I like it. Uh, this one comes from Timmy Boomsauce. Uh, oh man, I think he's coming at Bill again, man. He came at, he made a couple fat jokes for Bill last week, and I think he's coming back. He says, Who's getting fat from all the Big Macs? I'm not even gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't Timmy Boomsauce. What's up with did Bill park in your spot or something? Jeepers, crow. Just coming, coming after, coming after Bill. I think that's against Bill. I, I don't know. I don't know who else is eating Big Macs. Uh, all right. Final one. Joseph underscore Celia. The King is back. 
He said, do you think the talent and personnel around him is bad or is Trevor Lawrence just bad? I think he's in a horrible situation. So I, 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 I don't know how much stock I could put in Trevor Lawrence being bad. He's had some half decent games. He's shown some promise. Um, as opposed to, you know, Zach Wilson is throwing picks off of his own guy's backs. So I think it's just that he doesn't have much around him and he's just struggling. He definitely has all the tools. Like we saw it in college. He was nails at Clemson and, you know, even Deshaun Watson before he got all his weapons, he struggled as well. So I think it's just a matter of, he's a good player. He just doesn't have guys around him. I agree. I I mean, it's a we question every week is urban Meyer going to be fired every week. Like it's a, it's a question mark. His coach is not um, secured a hundred percent. It's unstable. Uh, receivers aren't great. They're pretty banged up. The one guy that Ash knew guy that he liked is out for the year. Um, James Robinson, you know, he's great, but you know, He's banged up his tight end that he was throwing to for a few weeks. He's banged up. I think he's out. Uh, Marvin Jones is it, man. And it's like, I, I just think he's in a crap situation. He's in Jacksonville. They stink. Uh, you know, there's a reason why they had the number one pick in the draft. It's just their team is overall bad, and they didn't really do anything beside getting Trevor Lawrence. And I guess you could say Marvin Jones. Uh, they haven't really done anything to improve that. So, uh, I, yeah, I think he's in a crap situation. You put him on a team like, uh, I don't know. Help me out. Who else was a rookie? I Maybe mean, if, the, he, if he was here, he'd definitely be doing a lot better. I, yeah, I think he would be just doing just as well as, uh, Mac Jones. I think, you know, you put him in different situations. I think he's flourishing. So I think it's more of the scenery and location over the player being bad. So. Uh, good question. Good questions. Thank you for everyone writing in. Uh, remember, you can write in our Instagram and Twitter page at Big Red Zone. Give us a follow. You can also find us on TikTok at Big Red Zone. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the like button on this video as well as all our other videos. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, my thanks to Danny Football for joining. Yes, sir. As always, uh, have a great week, everyone. Peace.